It was only my second day in the job, and I had already been declared disqualified for a specific job, and I was quietly discouraged. I came back to Hy-Vee, and I was working in the produce department, came back the second day, and the boss told me, you can no longer wrap watermelons. You see, this was quite discouraging because everybody wanted the job of wrapping the watermelons when you cut them in half or quarters. Because when you had the job of wrapping watermelons, you got to work in the back room next to the ladies who worked in the salad bar. And of course, the ladies wanted to work next to me. And so that led to a rather discouraging uh, time. But the reason that I was disqualified, the boss had seen my previous day's work of wrapping watermelons. And he said, no more. Now, this morning, I would probably guess that many of you are not having problems wrapping watermelons. And I'm probably guessing that many of you today are not experiencing discouragement or you have not been disqualified from something because of your problem of wrapping watermelons. This morning, most of us don't have a mistake or missed opportunities dealing with wrapping watermelons. However, this morning, we probably all have some form of discouragement or we feel like we have some sort of disqualification because of some mistakes or missed opportunities in our lives. This morning, everybody here can look at some point in their life and identify a mistake. Everybody here can identify a missed opportunity where they know they should have done something and they didn't. And oftentimes, those mistakes and those missed opportunities lead us into discouragement and they ultimately give us the story that we're disqualified to ever do it again. But today we celebrate that there is great news for us, that we do not have to be discouraged, nor are we disqualified because of missed opportunities or mistakes. But rather today, because of the resurrection, we are given restoration. The basic message today is that God is making all things new, including you. You could say it this way. God is making all things new, including me. God is making all things new, including me. Let's say that together. God is making all things new, including me. The last couple of weeks, we've been focused on the resurrection of Jesus and specifically looking at the hope that we have in the future of our future physical resurrection after death. That is a glorious future hope, but yet at the exact same time, the resurrection is supposed to be active in our lives today, that this is not just some new thing down the road, but God is doing something new today. You see, the resurrection is a physical reality, but it's also supposed to be a spiritual reality in our lives. And that's the message from Romans chapter 6 this morning, is that our lives are actually supposed to be a reflection of the crucifixion of Jesus in the resurrection of Jesus, in that we die to our wrongdoing, and then we begin to walk in new ways of living. We're put to death, and then we're raised again. It's a physical reality that we'll experience someday, but it's supposed to be a spiritual reality that's also taking place in our lives today. Basically, we should say, our past mistakes do not disqualify us from anything today in God's kingdom. Oftentimes, missed opportunities cause us 
to miss current or future opportunities because our failures freeze us from future action. Freeze us in the sense of being put in a freezer. So many today are caught in their past mistakes or their missed opportunities that they are missing obedience today. Can you imagine for a moment how frozen Peter the disciple might have been? Many of you are probably familiar with with Peter and his story. Peter was one of the 12 original followers of Jesus, but Peter was not just one of the 12. Peter was also in the inner circle. So Jesus had his 12 that he spent a lot of time with, but then he also had three from the 12 that he spent more time with. Peter was one of those three. He was in the inner core. Peter got to experience maybe the greatest religious moment of all time, the transfiguration. So so Peter was, was in the inner circle. Yet Peter, who was in the inner circle, and Peter, who Jesus had said, hey, the church is going to be built on you. This Peter, at multiple times we see throughout the Gospels, was found a lot of times saying things he shouldn't say, putting his foot in his mouth, and other times he's not saying anything when he should speak up. And this morning, we reflect upon the specific time when Peter is faced with a crowd and a young girl. Now, this is not Peter standing before the governor. This is not Peter standing before the army. This is Peter standing before a teenage girl and a crowd of people. Jesus is being led to the crucifixion, about to die, and, and the girl says, Hey, she, here, he's one of them. And what does Peter do? Oh, who? What? That, that's the other... No, it must be missing. Somebody else. So here's the climax of Jesus' ministry. The time has come. This is the moment he's going to face the cross. If any time he needs his inner core to stand up for him, this is the time. But what's the inner core doing? They're running the other direction. Can you imagine the amount of guilt and regret that you would have? You just let down the master that you had been following for three years. Now, the resurrection happens. Now, think of your Peter for a second. Oh boy, I hope he goes and interacts with the other 11 and not me. Because what do you think Peter is thinking when Jesus approaches him? Oh, maybe Jesus doesn't even know because he was busy doing other stuff. I mean, Peter's got to be thinking, right? Oh, I'm out. Thing. Let's look and see what happens to Peter this morning as a result of the resurrection. Turn with me to John 21, where we read earlier. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. We just want to look at some similarities of what happens here when Peter is approached by Jesus. Jesus basically speaks three times to Peter. And each of the three times, something happens. What doesn't happen is that Peter is not discouraged and Peter is not disqualified. Rather, Peter is restored to relationship and restored with responsibility. Look with me at each time Jesus speaks to him. First in verse 15, what does Jesus, what does he say? Hey, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Second time, do you love me? Tend my sheep. Third time, verse verse 17, do you love me? Feed my sheep. 
Do you see something similar going on here? Each time he's first asking Peter about the love that Peter has for him, and in each instance, he actually uses a different word for love. And so basically what Jesus is doing here is Jesus is, is looking at the whole scope of relationship. And Pete, Jesus is basically saying to Peter, hey, do you want relationship with me? And then right after saying, hey, do you want relationship with me? What does Jesus say? Hey, here's your responsibility. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. So he's restoring Peter to relationship, love, bringing back that, that interaction, at the exact same time, Jesus is giving Peter responsibility. This is exactly how God deals with our past mistakes and our past missed opportunities. They do not disqualify us, and they should not discourage us. Rather, Jesus seeks to restore us to relationship with him and also grant us new responsibility. Think of the Apostle Paul for a second. The Apostle Paul was the leader of the movement against Jesus. So the Apostle Paul had a lot of personal animosity against Jesus and was trying to kill other followers of Jesus. So the Apostle Paul's on a road. The Apostle Paul gets blinded. Finally, Jesus is dealing with his main enemy. But what does Jesus do with Paul? Jesus restores Paul to a relationship with himself. And if you read the book of Philippians, it's all sort of this language of, I desire to depart and be with Christ. I want to press on and know Christ, his sufferings and his resurrection. This is Paul writing these things. This is the man who had great animosity towards Jesus. What's happened? Jesus restored a relationship. Jesus put Paul in love with himself, with Jesus. This is what Jesus does. He restores the relationship. But then what else does he do with Paul? He gives Paul a whole new responsibility. Okay, Paul, now you've been killing Christians. Now I want you to go and plant the most churches ever seen. Now go and make the most amount of converts any evangelist will ever have. So Jesus restores the relationship and then gives Paul a great deal of responsibility right away. And notice where the area of responsibility falls. Almost in the exact opposite area of his missed opportunities or mistakes. So he was killing Christians. Now what is he doing? Making Christians. Before, he's what? Trying to break up the inner core. Now what has Paul become? Part of the inner core. He says, I'm the last, the least of all the apostles. That's what Jesus does. He sees our mistakes. God knows the things that we've left undone. But what God's in the business of doing is God's in the business of making all things new, including you. And today, God wants to restore a relationship. But He doesn't just want to give a relationship. He also wants to give responsibility. Think of Peter for a second. Peter, Peter's tongue got tied in front of a girl and a crowd. But then when you begin to read the book of Acts, what happens to Peter's tongue? He's speaking like an orator. He gives the first ever Christian sermon where 3,000 people are baptized. Time later, what happens? He's now standing in front of the governor and armies, people that could take his life, and he said, hey, you can renounce Jesus or you can go to prison. 
What does Peter do? I have to stand and proclaim the word of God. This is the same man who denied Jesus in front of a girl and a crowd. What did Jesus do? He put him right back in the spot you would never expect Peter to be found. Can you imagine for a moment if you're one of the other disciples? Think about this for a second. You're one of the other disciples. You've seen Peter crumble. And so now you're having your first board meeting with Jesus after the resurrection. What are you thinking in that meeting? Um, Jesus, we we should probably have a vote about one of the directors on the board. And then, can you imagine the first meeting after Jesus leaves? And who stands up and talks first? Peter. I mean, just put yourself in one of the... You know what I'm thinking? Hey, uh, should we let him speak? But is he going to speak for us? That's what the human nature would be, right? They would be doubting. They would be trying to disqualify. But what does God do? God empowers And God restores the relationship and gives brand new responsibility. This morning, if you want to look for an area of where your responsibility lies, maybe look back at some of your missed opportunities or some of your mistakes. Because God's in the business of redeeming those mistakes and those missed opportunities and now putting you in a position to be an ambassador. This is how God works. I like to eat at the same restaurant quite a bit, and I like to get in a little uh, mode and just eat at the same ones, mainly because when I find a place that has the diversity of a menu that I'm looking for and can handle all of my dietary needs, I like to stick with it. And so a couple of years ago, I used to eat at the same pizza buffet quite a bit on the, on the west side and uh, eat there quite a bit. Obviously, the staff come to know you quickly when you, when you eat there. And so I ate there, and sometimes I would pray when I would go. Sometimes I wouldn't pray. Most of the time when I went there, if I was alone, I'd be reading something while well, they always knew me, knew what I liked to drink. And uh, finally, it kind of got to the point, the waitress knew I was either praying, reading a book, and I'm not trying to emphasize here that I'm evangelizing every restaurant. Sometimes I don't pray at all, but she did notice a couple of times. So one time she comes up to me and says, hey, can you pray for my, pray for my dad? Sure, pray for, your, pray for your dad. No, keep coming back. And as I noticed, I didn't know it was coming to the end, but as it was coming to the end, notice she became to get more and more flustered. She was just, just, wasn't her normal self and she would say this phrase to me just pray for me today okay didn't think about it got on with my reading or conversation or whatever well came back one week and she was gone said okay well whatever so this was a while ago about a couple weeks ago a month ago i was on my way to work at the sycamore center on the east side of town and i was stopping at casey's for a donut don't do that very often but anyhow stopping (laughs) Stopping for, a, stopping for a donut, and I'm getting ready for my donut, I've come up to pay for my donut, and the worst thing is happening in the line that can happen in a line. The person in front of me didn't have enough money for what they were buying, right? So you're just sitting there going, oh, come on, they're counting out the change, and then it was like, I'm in a hurry, got to get going here, so finally I said, hey, I'll pay for it. Thing. Here, I just, here's money down there, person started walking out, didn't think anything, I paid for mine, I walk out, who turns around? This woman. Thing. What is she? What did I just pay for? A 32-ounce alcohol beverage thing at 8.15 in the morning. You don't buy the beverage at 8.15 in the morning for 4.30 in the afternoon. It wasn't exactly the empowering activity I was hoping to participate in that morning. 
She recognized me. She's like, oh, hey, how are you? Thank you. And then off she went. A couple days later, this just happened to be that I stopped there twice in the same week. Thing. Um, <laughs> stop back at Casey's. Uh, Kathy Harriet's fault. She turned me on to Casey's Donuts. Anyhow, so I stopped there, and uh, another donut, getting ready to um, pay for my donut. Who's in front of me in line? Same woman. What is she buying? Exact same beverage. Turns around, looks at me. Doesn't really say anything. Hi. She gets out of line, walks back. I'm not sure what she's doing. Puts the beverage back in the cooler thing. Comes back, pays for my donut. And walk out. We get outside, and I'm. I said, hey, how's it going? I don't remember your name. You remember my, you remember my name? No, I remember always seeing you. Pray together, talk for a few minutes. Obviously, there's a bundle of issues, issues going on. Thing. Now, did not fix her in 10 minutes, did not whip some magic potion. I got no idea if I'll... I, I, now I have to keep going to Casey's thing. <laughs> but, um, uh, so I don't know where that's going. There's no way... I could have orchestrated that. But you know what was really woke me up? It should have almost never gotten to that point. I missed an opportunity months and months before at Pizza Hut when she said, pray for me. I never took the time to say, what's going on? What's causing you discouragement today? I never asked the next question. That life is going nowhere today. God just happens to drop us at the exact same gas station. Because that's what the business God is in. God's in the business of taking past missed opportunities and mistakes and redeeming them for His glory. I've heard the same story of the same type of story. People that were previously addicts and when God gets a hold of them, what do they do? They begin to minister to others who are in the exact same boat. This morning, everybody in this room has missed an opportunity at some point. I guarantee you this. If you are new in Christ Jesus, there's going to be a brand new responsibility that looks an awful lot like that missed opportunity. It may not be the same person, but it might be the similar situation. What responsibility are you ignoring today that you know is a second chance? The problem is for the majority of us, we've got a human view on this whole thing of mistakes and getting disqualified. What usually happens when we get disqualified from something or, or we make a mistake? You see, the boss didn't let me start wrapping watermelons again until when? I could prove that I could wrap watermelons. God operates completely different. There is no probationary period. Can you admit, Jesus didn't say to Peter, hey, what I'd like you to do is meet with the other 11 and give some practice sermons to them, and then we'll let you go out to the rest of the people. He sends them right away. There is no probationary period. Jesus is not saying, well, hey, once you get clean enough, once the temptation is completely gone, then I'll give you the responsibility. You have the responsibility now if you are new in Christ Jesus. 
God is in the business of not discouraging us or disqualifying us, but He's in the business of restoring us to Himself and granting us new responsibility for His glory. Because of the resurrection, God is making all things new, including you. So what can we do to help one another experience this new life? This is a big part of it because we're interacting with one another on a regular basis. And the biggest step that we can take to help one another experience this new life is to not be quick to remember, but to be quick to give new responsibility. Multiple times in different psalms, God makes the phrase about, I have forgiven you as far as the east is from the west. Multiple other times it talks about how God has blotted out our transgressions, forgot our iniquities, and does not treat us according to what we deserve. The challenge for you and I today is that we would reflect that same attitude. We would reflect that same thing to one another. If we would reflect to one another what God has done for us, rather than remember the mistakes, we could free one another to a new relationship and to new responsibilities. The first thing we need to do is to reflect to one another what God has done to us. This morning, everybody sitting here has got a mistake. And I, and I bet this morning if I ask people to raise their hands, have you made a mistake? Everybody's going to raise their hand because everybody's made mistakes and missed opportunities. But the question today is not, are the mistakes or missed opportunities about your personal expectations? It's the mistakes that you've made because you've missed the life God has commanded you to live. We have all got mistakes because what we've done is we've ignored our neighbor. We've said things we shouldn't say. We have not loved as we're called to love. We have not witnessed as we're empowered to witness. Those are the things we need to confess and acknowledge so that we can experience new responsibility. Today, the practical action step that we can take, though, with one another is to not remind one another of our past mistake for the sake of reminding. Right? I mean, this is really what it comes down to, grudge, right? And we're good at this. We are really good at this. All of us, even us church people. We say, well, we, we wanna, we'll pray for you thing and, and help you over, overcome. We can't just hold on to it so we can pray about it. Rather than stop reminding them about it and helping them move into a new area of responsibility or to a new level of healing. Maybe you know someone that's made a mistake. Next time you see them, how about not reminding them of the mistake? Maybe you don't remind them of it verbally, but you always remind them of them the way you treat them or the level of respect, the amount of responsibility that you give them. Today we're called to reflect to one another what God has done to us. Forgiven, released, restored, and granted new responsibility. Be slow to remember, but quick to reflect what God has done. What can you do today to experience this new life the first thing you can do today is to acknowledge and confess. Acknowledge and confess that mistake or that missed opportunity. 
the reality is this, this morning. Many of us are still living in our mistakes. And there's an opportunity to acknowledge that mistake. Many of us are in the middle of opportunities right now that we're missing. Notice what's at the beginning of mistake and missed opportunities. Miss. What does sin mean? Sin literally means miss the mark. See, what happens is when we make mistakes, when we miss opportunities, what we're doing is we're missing life. Jesus uses the language a lot sterner. He says death and life. That's why he's walking around and he says, hey, they're dead. But they're walking. Well, Jesus is saying they're dead because they're spiritually dead. They're not experiencing any life. And when we're living in our mistakes, what are we doing? We're missing the life God created us to live. This morning, God is pounding on our hearts through the death and the resurrection of Jesus to acknowledge and confess our mistakes and our missed opportunities and to receive the forgiveness that He grants. Are you willing to acknowledge the mistakes? Are you willing to actually allow God to examine your heart and reveal to you the mistakes? Not what you think is a mistake, but what God says is a mistake or a missed opportunity. That's where it starts. But that's not where it ends. Because of God's kindness, He leads us to repentance. Because of the cross and the resurrection, it does not end in self-examination and guilt and discouragement and disqualification, but it ends with restoration and responsibility because God is creating all things new, including you. I hate shopping. Think. And so to help the shopping experience, I just always say, this is what I'm going to spend. I'm going to go in, find it, and leave. And then to add to the shopping experience, I'm not sure why I do this, but whenever I buy a new shirt, I have a little rule. I can't wear that shirt for a while. I'm not exactly sure why. It's more like I just want people to know that I bought a new shirt right away. And plus, it just needs to get comfortable in my closet for a little while but I've got the new shirt. I own the new shirt. I just have not worn the new shirt. This morning, many of you are new in Christ Jesus. Christ has recreated you and given you new life. The problem is this. You're not walking in the newness of your life. You own the new life Christ has purchased it for you. It's time to wear it. Are you going to keep the shirt in the closet? Or are you going to wear the new shirt that God has provided? Let us pray. Almighty God, right now I ask that you would examine our hearts as we prepare to come to the communion table. God, as we prepare to receive your body and your blood, I ask that you'd make aware in our hearts the areas where we've got mistakes and missed opportunities. God, right now in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would reveal mistakes to each of us, reveal missed opportunities, grant us the ability to confess those things. Right now, Lord, we come to you and we confess privately. We confess to you silently our mistakes and our missed opportunities. 
Almighty God, we confess that we have done wrong. We ask now that you would forgive us and renew us. We ask that you take your body and your blood and restore us to relationship with you and grant us new responsibility in your kingdom. God, we praise you and thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.